Just a, a reminder throughout the program today, looking for your reaction to the election call in BC. We will open up the phone lines, but if you don't want to wait until that happens, you can always email me, jill at cknw.com. Buzz line always open as well, 604-331-BUZZ. That is 604-331-2899. What are your thoughts on this? Not a huge surprise. I think many people were expecting this to happen. Maybe not today, but we're expecting it. Your thoughts on the election call in BC and we'll continue that conversation throughout the program today. Right now, let's bring on Keith Baldry, Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief. Keith, a good afternoon to you. And what an afternoon it is. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I just played, I don't know if you heard, but just before the break, I played the, the questions that you asked John Horgan during the question and answer portion of that news conference. So, so break it down if you can because one of the big unknowns is are people going to be okay with this or is it going to back Backfire. Well, you know, pretty well every question was along those lines uh, from reporters expressing a lot of skepticism, basically, that people don't want this, we don't need this, why are we doing this now? Obviously, he anticipated these questions, and I thought his response to my second question about the fact today we're likely to see a new COVID-19 case count of in excess of 300 cases because it's a three-day reporting period. We're averaging 120 a day going into the weekend. And he was antici- he was prepared for that because he said, look, um, we're going to have COVID no matter when this election is held. We're going to be in a pandemic no matter when this election is held. We're going to be in a serious health situation no matter when this election is held. So he's basically saying... Um, this is it. We're in this thing, uh, no matter what uh, what the timing of the election. So why not have it now, uh, when we're still, I think, relatively um, at the beginning of the pandemic, rather than where we could be a year from now, where we don't know how bad or uh, where we could be. So he anticipated the skepticism and the questions. He knows it's out. He knows it's out there. But clearly, they are doing. They're gambling that at the end of the day. Most people will park those reservations aside and still side with with his team as the leaders in this pandemic. My first question to him was, you know, reminding him that he and I had a conversation back in March in his office when he told me, I'm not going to be the lead guy in this uh, in this pandemic fight. I'm not going to be the guy out there every day for my government. It's going to be Adrian Dix. It's going to be Carol James. It's going to be Mike Farnworth, Rob Fleming, and, of course, Dr. Bonnie Henry. Our election campaign changes that. It will now thrust John Horgan into a role that he hasn't played up until now. He's, he hasn't really been the face of this pandemic for his government. Now he will be. And that may uh, tarnish his uh, his luster a bit. That may it may uh, cause some people to uh, sort of change their opinions of him, no longer seeing him as a sort of a man of all people uh, representing BC in the pandemic to a guy really only talking to one part of the community, and that's the NDP side. So, and how do you take his comments when Sonia Firstenau says she told John Horgan on Friday she that uh, he has her support uh, when he said that uh, he said twelve more months of policy Politics and partisan wrangling won't serve anyone. So what's broken? What, what, what is he unable to do right now? Well, they, the NDP was not able to get two pieces of legislation through the House uh, earlier this year because the Green Party blocked them. And even though they weren't huge, major pieces of legislation, I know it upset the, NDP, the Democrat caucus to a point that they really weren't happy with that. In fact, 
I think the Green Party overplayed their hand. When we're telling one of their one of their people, careful what you wish for here. If you really push the NDP like this, you may cause them to call an election. And the, the the party that's risking the most in this campaign is the Green Party. I mean, they're the third party. They're not seen as forming the next government. It's going to be either the NDP or the Liberals. And the Green Party may be squeezed here. And people forget, for all the attention people pay to the confidence and supply agreement signed with the Greens, the NDP's self-interest is not ensuring the Green Party exists. It's not ensuring that the Green Party has uh, representation in the House. The, the NDP would like to see the Greens go away. And an election campaign gives the NDP an opportunity to potentially erase the Greens from the House because the NDP want to win the Cowichan Valley seat held by Sonia Furstenau. That's a traditional NDP seat. Uh, they're going to be coming after Sonia Furstenau. They want that riding. They want Oak Bay, vacated by Andrew Weaver. Now we're, and, we're uh, Murray Rankin, the former MP, is running. The NDP wants that seat. They don't want the Green Party to have that. And both the NDP and the Liberals want to knock off Adam Olson, the Green MLA in Saanich North and the Islands. So this may be the high watermark for the Greens, but uh, the NDP self-interest is not uh, does not have the Greens' uh, interest at heart. How do you see things then playing out? It looks like we're doing this. The, this was called. This is now a reality. Uh, we know the BCTF is asking, please don't use schools. We don't want schools to be places for voting. Do you see this being a big percentage of mail-in uh, ballots? Is there concern over voter turnout? How do you see that part playing out? Oh, I think you're going to see a record number of mail-in ballots, a record number of advanced voting. I think a lot of people will be reluctant to line up on a polling place on October 24th. Elections BC has already sent a letter to all the mayors in BC asking them if they have other places other than schools to hold poll- to uh, house polling stations. So you're going to see rec centers, other public buildings used as uh, polling stations. I don't. Th- I live across the street from a school that's always been the polling station for provincial and federal elections. I don't think that's going to be the case this time. I, I don't think schools will be used in that way. But again, one NDP strategist emailed me saying, you know, don't even say voting days October 24th. We're going to have a lot of voting days before then. And I think a lot of people will be voting before we hit the actual E-Day on the 24th. Uh, the Premier was asked also about how this is going to be different and there won't be the rallies, there's not going to be the big gatherings. My guess is we aren't going to have candidates knocking on our doors. Uh, he talked about Zoom, he talked about using technology. Do you think that is what it's going to look like, that's going to work? Well, whether it works or not is another question. I mean, I'm still trying to get our heads around how we cover this on television. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, there's no pictures here. It's just going to be uh, what you saw today with John Horgan at a cul-de-sac in Langford with a pool television camera. And that's what it's going to be like uh, through the campaign. No campaign rallies, uh, no uh, whistle-stop tours by leaders. You, uh, you don't want to be seen, no leader wants to be seen as breaking public health protocols, which means no crowds. Uh, you cannot be in a situation where Dr. Barney Henry is saying, stand back, you know, do not mingle with a lot of people right now. Uh, and, you, and you've got to obey those guidelines, which is the antithesis of an election campaign, where you want mobs of people and excitement and, and all those types of things. That can happen this time. So this is a Zoom election, a virtual election. And as a result, I don't think it's going to be a fun election. It's not going to be a terribly interesting one. I think it's, uh, when it, I'd hesitate to even call it a campaign because that denotes traditional campaign things. And just, that's just not going to happen. So, yeah, no door knock. I've talked to MLAs on both sides of the, uh, of the House saying they don't want a door knock because they think uh, d- knocking on people's doors might actually repel them from voting for them. Oh, yeah. People don't want people strangers coming up to their doorway right now. So this is going to look completely different. And I'm not sure how it's going to be sustained in media coverage. It's, uh, it's a great unknown. Uh, a minute left. One other thing he said was he didn't specifically ask Dr. Henry about this. Does that seem strange? 
Uh, well, I think he's got to be. Um, uh, I think a, beware uh, talking to her as a premier. She's an independent officer of the legislature. She's not a government person. She's independent, and I think the premier has to be very wary of, of directly involving himself with her. Uh, I've asked her. Other, other reporters have asked her about the election several times, and she's gone out of her way to say, "I am ensuring that whenever an election is held, it's going to be held safely." So her people have been working with Elections BC to ensure it's going to be a safe election. I've asked her whether or not it's appropriate to have an election in a pandemic, and she's been pretty firm in her call that, that is not my job to determine that. I'm just determined that whatever happens, it happens safely. So I think the premier is right not to uh, personally. Dr. Bonnie Henry, but I'm sure Adrian Dix, is his health minister, <laughs> talks to her all the time, and I'm sure that topic came up. All right, Keith, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much. All right, take care. Well, coming up, there will be plenty of time. I know a lot of people didn't get through on the open line talking about the election call this morning. There will be more time for open phone lines. We're also going to be checking in with the NDP, with the BC Liberals, with the BC Greens, their take on the fact that we are going to the polls and uh, I say going to the polls but I know a lot of people are also saying what about mail-in ballots Uh, what about doing this in a way where you don't have to go and physically line up at a center a voting center well we'll see how things are going to unfold right now though let's check in with Maria Dobrinskaya BC director of the Broadbent Institute Uh, Maria thanks so much for joining us Hi, good afternoon. Uh, taking a look at this kind of from the New Democrat point of view, what are your thoughts on the speculation and the confirmation today of the BC election? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the confirmation is good in that it's clear. And, uh, you know, I think the speculation over the last couple of weeks has been a bit challenging, uh, although I genuinely believe that the premier, I guess I can't call him the premier anymore, the leader of the NDP um, wasn't sure because I think it is a really volatile uh, and high risk uh, situation that we're in. Um, one of the things I thought was good uh, about the premier's press conference, sorry, BC leader, <laughs> BC NDP leader John Horgan, I'll get there, I'll get there. We get a day um, grace period, I think. Exactly, for, it's, a, exactly. it's, it's an easy mistake. Um, totally. No, one of the things I thought was was good for him to talk about, to, you know, today was that he got to sort of lay out um, the choices, right? He's going to need to do that a lot. He's going to need to make the case for uh, British Columbians to give him a mandate and to draw those contrasts between him and the Liberals. And and that's harder to do when you're governing. That's what you do do when you're campaigning. And so I think we're, you know, it's going to be a very interesting, I haven't counted how many days it is, 32 days uh, of a campaign. Um, but that's what I expect we will see uh, uh, from John Horgan and the BC NDP, uh, you know, as a sort of holding up of their record in government and a, an ask uh, of British Columbians for a mandate moving forward while contrasting uh, what their offering is uh, with the BC Liberals. Do you think there's uh, the the chance, though, the possibility that people look at this and his line several times in the news conference was we're still going to be in a pandemic from a year from now. So we would still have been going to the polls during a pandemic a year from now. Let's get it over with. Let's do it now. Uh, does that not also kind of suggest he's worried about his popularity and where he might be a year from now? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of politics and politics, if I, if I could say that uh, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we also heard what I thought was interesting, the sort of the challenges of the, tw- of the next 12 months are one thing, but the challenges aren't just for the next 12 months, they're for the next, you know, four years and beyond. Uh, you know, I do think it's good to remember this government really does not have a mandate. I mean, one of the things uh, I think is interesting that we're hearing from the BC Liberals around um, not wanting to go to an election right now is that, you know, for the first several years or first couple of years of this government's um, term, they they were very critical of it and didn't even necessarily view it as legitimate. Um, so, you know, we're three and a half years into this government. Uh, lots has changed. The BCNDP ran in the last election on balanced budgets, on, um, you know, uh, sort of, and have managed, I think, in a much more fiscally responsible way than a lot of people might have, re- have expected them to. But we're now, you know, facing a, a multi-billion, I think it's $12 billion deficit. Um, you know, the, there was a, a, a commitment from all parties. They, they approved in the legislature earlier this year uh, five million or $5 billion, rather, for, for COVID uh, recovery spending. Um, but I think there's very different perspectives, or at least there should be, uh, from the different parties around how that money should be spent. Are we talking about tax cuts? Are we talking about public investment? How many public sector jobs are we looking to create versus support for small businesses? These are, you know, these are the distinctions, frankly, politically, uh, that parties should be making um, in selling their, you know, selling their program uh, to the to the public. I do think, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a, as I said, there's a lot of volatility. I think there's a lot that could happen. I I never like to underestimate uh, an opponent ever. We haven't really seen much from Andrew Wilkinson. I don't think, um, you know, not just throughout the pandemic, but but even in the lead up to that, what happens in the in an election campaign is is you know, in some ways, he will get more profile and more platform and more opportunity uh, to make his pitch for British Columbians. So I think it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how how the conversation changes, how long we're talking about should we have an election and how quickly we move into what this election is about and what the choices are on offer for voters and and whether or not, um, you know, whether people want an election or not, is that going to impact their vote? Uh, and what about, uh, I mean, is the, the hope that people will, will stop focusing on the fact that even though he says CASA wasn't a broken promise because the word pandemic wasn't in it, uh, people are right now talking about the fact that he didn't honour that agreement and didn't honour the fixed election date. Yeah, I mean, I think that the opposition is going to try and, and make that an issue. Uh, you know, one of the challenges, uh, well, there's a couple challenges with that. And I mean, one of them fundamentally, like, the fundamental ones is the fact that Andrew Weaver is very supportive of the premier and has basically said, no, this isn't a problem. Um, you know, and he was a key signatory to that. But the, the Greens will try and make that case. I don't think the. I'm not sure that attacking the premier's integrity is the right way to go uh, for the opposition on this. I think British Columbians, by and large, whether or not they want an election right now, have been pretty happy uh, with the job that he's done as premier. And uh, but ultimately, you know, that's what he's asking is. Um, you know, is he the best person to continue to lead the province and to lead us through uh, what is an arguably one of the most tumultuous times in our province's history? Uh, to be fair, though, it's not I, I'm not suggesting it's just the B.C. liberals that are attacking his integrity. I've had people calling in this radio station, emailing me saying uh, I, I, I voted NDP before. I, this is a power grab. This is selfish. I'm not going to stand for it. Yeah. I mean, I do think that there's going to be I, I, I guess the, the key question is, is that going to impact their vote? Um, and I think there's a number of things that are going to happen over the course of the campaign. And ultimately, you know, again, that's the work. Campaigns matter. And we'll see um, how effective uh, the, pre- the 
John Horgan and the NDPR are at able uh, to deliver their message. And um, but ultimately, elections are about choices. And so people may choose to sit this out if they're that mad. Um, but people really have really legitimate concerns right now, right? The, the, whether we're talking about education or healthcare or jobs or the economy, like the volatility that we're all experiencing is significant. And um, so I think that ultimately the question at the end of the day is going to be who is best equipped to lead us through. Is the, you know, is the decision to go to an election enough to turn some voters off? Probably. Is it going to turn off enough voters that it impacts the outcome? I think that that is to be determined uh, in the course of the next uh, 28 to 30 days. Which also brings up, as you mentioned, the mandate saying if he didn't have the mandate the way things were, if we see an election with historical low voter turnout simply because people are afraid to go out and vote during a pandemic, does that really give you a mandate? Well, I mean, I think if we start getting into questioning levels of voter turnout equaling mandate, there's a lot of governments that will be uh, whose legitimacy, I think, would be called into question. I I mean, I'm a a long term, uh, longtime advocate of electoral reform and and democratic engagement and improving people's abilities to uh, get to the polls, to vote, to interact with their governments. And so I think voter turnout is a is a challenge anyways. Um, one of the things that, you know, and it'll be, I think voter motivation is, is likely to be a, a factor here. Uh, one of the things that I am encouraged by, though, I mean, I think that Elections BC um, has done a good job. And what we will likely see as a result of the fact that we're in a pandemic election is a lot more opportunities for people to vote. So whether that's, um, you know, more voting stations, uh, more advanced polling dates, and then the expectation that there will be a lot more people who are wanting to vote by mail. To me, that's a good thing. Giving people more opportunity to cast a ballot is a good thing. It's something that I hope, you know, we continue to do, even when we're not in pandemic times. Um, but I, so I think it's less a matter of people being able to vote and more really trying to um, motivate the electorate and uh, and ensure that there is a, a good turnout and, and people recognize the the, the significant importance of the decisions that are going to be made in the in the months and years ahead and the impact that they're going to have on our province. We uh, are talking about the snap election. The call made official earlier today, October 24th, will be the day British Columbians cast their ballot. Although even saying that feels odd because we know there are going to be different ways to cast ballots, at least where we think so, that there will be probably more advanced voting different ways to avoid being unnecessarily exposed or in public during a pandemic. We are checking in with the political parties in this province as well. And Yonina Campbell joins me now, Executive Director of the BC Green Party. Yonina, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. There's uh, lots for us to talk about. <laughs> there certainly is. Uh, Sonia first to know the leader of the party spoke earlier. Uh, she was saying uh, less than impressed, to say the least, that this call was made. Uh, what is your reaction? Well, you know, I was on Twitter yesterday and uh, this morning again, and there is just no positive reaction to this announcement. It's just not what British Columbia wants or needs right now. And uh, I think people are really disappointed that we're, we're facing a snap election right now. When John Horgan says that government as it was wasn't working and he referenced the two pieces of legislation that didn't get passed and says that was because of the work with the Green Party, what do you say to that? 
Yeah, you know, the government was working there. We have the CASA arrangement between the Greens and the uh, NDP government that brings stability to government. Even the Liberals, you know, everybody has worked really hard through this pandemic to make sure there's stability of government. And um, for, you know, for John Horgan to reference two bills uh, that needed uh, some things to be fixed up with them before that they could go forward, it just shows that government is working. There's people are saying that, look, we have some work to do on these things and let's bring them back when they're ready to be, to be worked out. And uh, you know, that's, 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 that's good governance. So I, I think that they're looking for a reason to, uh, turn it away from their decision around uh, their their power grab here. The, you know, John Horgan's popular in the polls right now, and uh, he's putting political opportunism ahead of British Columbians right now, and that's what this is about. How concerning is it to the BC Green Party this is also a move to take those writings back from the Greens? Yeah, I think that they're they're looking at this in terms of more broadly than just those two writings. I mean, um, this is a, an opportunity for him to try and get a majority government in British Columbia when he has a working majority government right now with the help of the Greens um, through the CASA arrangement. So I, I think that, you know, people are going to be really disappointed that at a time when they're focusing on, you know, making sure that people are safe um, and people are, are getting what they need in terms of support right now. And this is what John Horgan's putting first. I would just say too, you know, I think what's, what's really troubling is that at a time when we know we need our political leaders, like our minister of health and our minister of education out uh, with Dr. Henry, keeping people informed, uh, making sure people are staying safe. And now, now those, those ministers aren't going to be available and they're going to be on the campaign trail. And that's just not what we need right now. Uh, Andrew Weaver, the former leader of the party, uh, came out last week uh, basically saying that that CASA was moot, that it didn't stand and that he supports the premier. How do you think that's going to fare as far as people uh, when they now are thinking about voting or thinking about the makeup of government? Well, I mean, Sonia Fersenow, who's the BC BC Greens party leader, met with John Horgan on Friday and said that that John Horgan has the support of the Greens and that there is stable government. So um, I think that that is the, the commitment that uh, Sonia and Adam have made to John Horgan and the, the NDP government. And I think that people want to know right now that government is there to function and support them, uh, British Columbians, and make sure that we are de- delivering a stable government right now. And uh, that's that's what the BC Greens have committed to and remain committed to. But uh, now now they're forcing an, an election, and this is just not what people want. Uh, you had to think on Friday when Sonia Furstenau was telling John Horgan that he had the support of the Greens. He already knew he was going to make this announcement today. Uh, did Sonia Furstenau talk about how he responded to her or reacted to her when she told him that? Uh, Sonia went in on Friday uh, saying that he, she that the NDP have the support of the Greens, um, but uh, no, I haven't talked to her specifically about her reaction today, um, only what's been out in the news. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit um, disappointing to see that John Horgan would go into a meeting Friday and then on Monday uh, call for a, an, an election. What do you do as a party then? This is happening. This is something that British Columbians are going to be talking about, are going to be involved with uh, up until October 24th. What do you do as a party now? 
Well, we're busy getting ready, obviously, to, to run a campaign um, and uh, getting our candidates uh, out there um, so that they can be delivering our message of what we uh, want to bring forward in terms of uh, uh, the BC Green vision and Sonia's vision for British Columbia, and that's going to be our focus, run a positive campaign. Obviously, um, the campaign will look a lot differently this time, being um, more uh, now that because we're in a pandemic, as you know, we're not going to be able to have the same level of uh, interaction in a person-to-person um, way, so a lot more online, digital, that kind of thing. But we're just going to really focus on getting out there and getting our message across, and uh hoping to inspire people to vote green and, uh, you know, maybe send John Horgan a message that that putting politics before people is not what British Columbia wants. Uh, does it get tired for, for you as a party in that when you say to, to send John Horgan a message, the, there was some uh, thought process that in the last election, uh, some of the green votes were to send the Liberals a message, that, that they're voting, that they vote for the Greens to send a message rather than that message being, I'm voting for you because I support you. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that people um, at a time when they really need to count on government to be governing right now don't have a government that wanted to stay in government. And so um, the, the we're committed to, to being, we were committed to doing that. And I think what people get tired of is politicians playing politics at the expense of people. And uh, the Greens have always said that uh, we, we don't do that. We're not the traditional um, political um, party that wants to look at the polls and, and, and make decisions according to what the polls say. We want to make decisions according to what the, what the best evidence is for people and what makes sense to people. So, yeah, I, you know, I think that people are just, this is just one more thing that people just didn't want right now. And uh, it's really disappointing that the NDP didn't listen to that. I think it's uh, up until two weeks from voting day, parties can put forward uh, candidates. Does the BC Green Party have a number in mind as to how many candidates they want to field, or are you focused on the ridings on the island? Or do you know what, how that's going to play out? Yeah, great question. Um, we're going to run a province-wide campaign. Um, obviously, our, our, our strength and our base has been on the island in the past, but I think we saw in 2017 a significant breakthrough, maybe not in seats, but at least in um, number of votes off the island. So really going to be focusing on building on that. So we we do intend to run a province-wide campaign, uh, you know, as, and have as many seats as possible. So we, we're looking to, to be competitive, absolutely. Uh, Murray Rankin is uh, going to run in Oak Bay, Gordon Head. Is there a green candidate that will be announced uh, in the coming days to go against Murray Rankin? <laughs> Yeah, we're going to be announcing a lot of ridings in the coming days, as will everybody else, it looks like. Um, so we're going to get out there and get um, our candidates uh, nominated and uh, are in a nomination process and get people up and going. Um, specifically at Oak Bay, Gordon Head, I don't have uh, that specific information right now, but definitely looking to be competitive in all the ridings 